Good morning, Alex and friends. I'm Connie. Today is Friday, September 01 Saint 2023, and you're listening to Alex's News. For those of you in Riverside, today's high is going to hit 91.0 degrees, and tonight will cool down to a low of 70.6, so keep yourselves refreshed and hydrated. Now let's take a sneak peek into the headline stories we'll cover today. Setbacks and concerns are surging for the Biden administration, not least of which is the issue of understaffed nursing homes. A promised fix seems to be in a state of jeopardy, raising anxieties about the state of senior care in our country. Our next story delves into the evolving workplace. With remote work increasingly becoming a norm, companies are faced with significant challenges as they seek to return employees to offices. The future of work is shifting and we'll analyze what that means for businesses and employees alike. Finally, we tune our attention to the electric vehicle market where Tesla has announced the launch of their refreshed Model 3 in China. With a longer driving range and exclusive new features, it's clear Tesla sees the future when it prioritizes the ever-growing Chinese market. Keep listening to Alex's news for insightful analysis and commentary on these topics and much more. Let's dive deeper into the world of news. We'll be right back. Our top story today, the pressing issue of understaffed nursing homes in the United States. The Biden administration's promised solution faces roadblocks and controversy. Our reporter Elias has in-depth information from key sources, Kaiser Health News and KFF Health News. Elias, what's the situation? Good morning, Connie. The Biden administration previously pledged to set up minimum staffing levels in nursing homes to secure top-tier care for residents. There was a research study commissioned by the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, or CMS, however, that's thrown this plan into confusion. It didn't make any concrete suggestions and actually analyzed staffing levels lower than a previous federal assessment recommended. So tell us more about this study, Elias. Well, Connie, the study was done by APT Associates. They concluded there's no standard staffing level ensuring quality care in nursing homes. However, pointing to fewer hospitalizations and emergencies, faster care, and fewer instances of failed care delivery, they suggested that more staff could lead to better outcomes. But this has experts and patient advocates worried that this might actually undermine the attempts to reinforce nursing home staff levels. Could you elaborate on the concerns raised by these experts? Sure, Connie. Their main worry is that the study indirectly implies that the administration may not go through with its plan to establish strong staffing levels. Additionally, the nursing home industry has been arguing against one unified ratio of patients to caregivers, which further muddies the waters. They assert that a one-size-fits-all approach is unfit for purpose due to the unique needs of each nursing home. It seems this industry resistance is not the only hurdle. That's right, Connie. The challenge of recruiting sufficient certified nursing assistants, as well as the call for more Medicaid payments to meet workforce issues, are other impediments they're encountering. Elias, I understand the report wasn't officially published, but was temporarily available on the CMS website. How has that affected things? Good point, Connie. Although not formally released, Copies of the study were briefly posted and then removed from the CMS website, adding fuel to the anxieties and theories about how this study might influence the Biden administration's plans. 
Now, Elias, let's discuss the implications here. The administration has already missed its own deadline by six months to propose new rules about nursing home staffing. What are the potential consequences? The delay, Connie, and the absence of clear recommendations from this study have increased fears that the promise of minimum staffing levels may not be fulfilled. However, the administration has stated that they are committed to holding nursing homes accountable and that they're developing their proposal using a process that involves various stakeholders. Any word on what the solution might look like? Well, Connie, patient advocates and researchers believe that particularly for-profit nursing homes have the financial capacity to pay their employees more and recruit extra if they prioritize employee income over investor profits. They argue increased staffing levels are crucial for maintaining quality care. It seems this is an uphill battle. How do you see this playing out? It's complex, Connie. On one hand, there's the core issue of understaffed nursing homes and the administration's promise to fix it. However, with the study's ambiguous results and lower staffing level analysis, doubts have been raised about whether robust staffing levels will be achieved. The administration, on the other hand, affirms its vow to ensure the well-being of nursing home residents. It's a situation that many are closely watching. Absolutely. We'll certainly continue to follow this story closely. Thank you, Elias, for this comprehensive report. Thanks for staying with us. Here comes our second story of the day. It's about the ongoing conundrum concerning remote work versus in-office work. To unpack this for us, we have Grace, our in-house expert on employment trends. Thanks, Connie. You're right about this being a conundrum. Various sources are telling us that while companies are pushing for a return to the office, remote work still seems to hold its effectiveness. Interesting. So what does the data suggest? According to an analysis by Scoop Technologies and People Data Labs, companies offering flexible working arrangements, like remote or hybrid options, have been hiring at a rate more than twice as fast as companies requiring full-time office attendance. That implies these flexible working companies are growing faster and are more attractive to job seekers? You're spot on, Connie. This data from LinkedIn does indeed suggest that, and it's not just amongst employees. A survey conducted by the Atlanta Fed's Survey of Business Uncertainty, for instance, revealed that even executives of 500 U.S. firms foresee remote and hybrid work arrangements increasing in the next five years. So despite the push to get employees back to the office, we're seeing strong indicators that remote work could be here to stay. But aren't there different implications for different sectors? Absolutely, Connie. And the office market is one such sector. Companies like Facebook and Goldman Sachs are mandating more frequent office attendance. But this won't necessarily resolve issues for landlords. There's an expectation that full office attendance would only revive if jobs or promotions are at stake. For instance, Amazon CEO has warned staff to return at least three days a week or face consequences. But even with this, there's an oversupply in office properties, leading to many becoming obsolete as workspace requirements change. Are we seeing any other sectors pushing for full-time return to offices? Yes, Connie. In the financial sector, for example, companies like Citigroup, Goldman Sachs, BlackRock, and HSBC have implemented or plan to increase their in-office requirements, yet most are not enforcing a full five-day office schedule. Does the data suggest how employees are responding to these changes? Yes, it does, Connie. A Deloitte survey revealed that two-thirds of financial workers still working remotely at least part-time would consider leaving if they were forced into office five days a week. It seems like work policies are directly affecting employee retention. 
Exactly, Connie, and this is particularly crucial for sectors struggling to retain female talent. An article from Magnet proposes that opportunities in the contingent workforce might offer a solution. Flexibility and skill development opportunities these roles offer could appeal to women battling pay disparity, managing domestic responsibilities, and irreversible work arrangements. What about industries that have historically been more open to remote work, like software engineering? Well, it's uncertain, but interesting. A Reddit user recently sought predictions on remote work's future within this industry. The entire community was left speculating on the breakup between full remote, hybrid remote, hybrid office, and full in-office jobs. It's a discussion to keep an eye on, as it also shined a light on health issues influencing work decisions. It appears the landscape is continually evolving. That's true, Connie. In conclusion, while we've got companies pushing for a return to the office, growth in remote and hybrid work arrangements continues. Thanks for that insightful analysis, Grace. It looks like we're in for interesting times with the evolution of the future workspace. Indeed, Connie. It's a story to watch closely. Moving on to our final story of the day, a major development from electric vehicle giant Tesla. It appears that Tesla has unveiled a revamped version of its Model 3 car in China, featuring an increased driving range and several new features. Ethan, give us the lowdown on this, will you? Well, Connie, Tesla's making noise again. For the first time, it's chosen to launch a new model in China before the United States. This new iteration of the Model 3 will be manufactured at Tesla's Shanghai factory, boasting a starting price that's 12% higher than the previous base model in China. But, in a significant move, Tesla also plans to export it to other markets across Asia, Europe, and the Middle East. I see. What's enticing about this new model? The Model 3 is reported to have a driving range of 606 kilometers or 377 miles. That's a 9% increase compared to the previous base model in China, Connie. Tesla plans to debut this vehicle at a trade fair in Beijing, and the expected delivery in China starts in the fourth quarter of this year. This model will also be showcased at the Munich Auto Show. Quite a deal for Chinese car buyers, isn't it? That's right, Connie. The new and enhanced features are seemingly aimed to appeal considerably to Chinese car buyers. Tesla, however, didn't provide any specific details about the battery, but insiders believe it to be the same lithium iron phosphate battery from contemporary Amperex Technology County Limited, known as CATL, used in the base model. And what about competition? Well, Tesla might have a challenge on its hands. With the recent launch, it could potentially face competition from domestic rivals including BYD, NIO, and Xpeng. However, this doesn't seem to deter Tesla's ambition to solidify their global influence starting from a firm base in China. Is there anything else Tesla has been stirring up? You're right, Connie. Tesla has actually cut the prices of its premium Model S and Model X in China and the US. The speculation is that this is an attempt to protect margins and compete with Chinese heavy hitters in the electric vehicle market. Over here, the Shanghai factory only produces Model 3 and Model Y. Interesting. Could these new features and the increased range justify the 12% price hike for Chinese consumers? That is what Tesla is gambling on, Connie. The added features and increased range could justify the price hike in the eyes of the consumers. Mass production of this revamped version is scheduled to start around September 2023, so they still have time to win over potential buyers. To sum up, what's the impact of this release? 
To put it simply, Connie, Tesla is betting big on China. The release of the refreshed Model 3, promising a longer driving range and updated features, signals the company's near-term commitment to the Chinese market. Tesla is clearly looking to stay competitive in the increasingly crowded electric vehicle sector. All of this information is based on reporting from trusted sources, Reuters and Morningstar. Quite some strategy there. Thanks for all the insights, Ethan. That's all we have for now. Today's episode was made by Alexander King with GPT-4, GPT-3.5 Turbo, the 11 Labs Text-to-Speech API, and the Google Cloud Text-to-Speech API. I hope you have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow, Alex.